0: Today on the Everything 80s podcast, we're looking at the story of Frank Welker, the most important voice actor of the 1980s. Hey there, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s podcast. I'm Jamie. Thanks for coming on out today. There's so many cartoons and movies from the 80s that are near and dear to our hearts. We love the shows, we love the characters, but when you look behind the scenes a bit, one man stands out as being the most important voice of movies and TV in the 80s. Frank Welker is an American actor and voice actor who has done some iconic voices, including Fred from Scooby Doo and Megatron from Transformers. He's appeared in hundreds of movies and TV shows and has an Emmy Award for Lifetime Achievement. So he will be the subject of today's show. Before we get into it, If you haven't already subscribed wherever you find your podcasts, I should be there. Okay, let's do this. So the 80s is an explosion of pop culture, and it introduced us to so many new cartoons, TV shows, and movies. With all this new content, they needed to have all the top voice talent to go along with it. Instead of hiring dozens of people, what if you had one guy that could do multiple voices? That's what you had in Frank Welker, as he is a phenomenally talented man that helps to create some of our most beloved characters. And it goes a lot farther than that, too, as he has provided voices and sound effects for things you are guaranteed to have watched and not even sure where the sounds or the voices came from. So we're going to look back at his life, his work, all the amazing shows and movies he has shown up in. So prepare to have your mind blown with a lot of interesting facts here. So let's look at the early life of Frank Welker. And Frank Welker is from Denver, Colorado, was born on March twelfth, 1946. When he grew up, he ended up moving to California and went to attend Santa Monica College where he would study theatrical arts. He was a notable performer and played the role of the Cowardly Lion in a stage production of The Wizard of Oz in 1966. He was given rave reviews for his role after performing it for the college and was encouraged to pursue more of a career in entertainment. Besides acting, he also had a passion for stand-up comedy, and this is what helped lead him onto the path that would follow, uh, that he would follow for his whole career one of his stand-up routines involved a fight between a cat and a dog welker has the ability to recreate these animal type noises and it caught the eye of a commercial producer who had come into ledbetter's comedy club which is on westwood boulevard the producer was doing a commercial for a dog food called friskies and they needed a voice for the talking dog in the commercial uh Okay, fun fact, Friskies used to use lean horse meat in their dog food, and they would actually promote this in their commercials in the 1950s. That is a whole different time before food and drug regulations. So this is 1969, and a new show was being developed for CBS about a talking dog and a group of teenagers that would go around solving mysteries. As chance would have it, the producers of the dog food commercial The main producer had his girlfriend there when Frank was recording, and she thought he would be perfect for the voice of the dog they were calling Scooby-Doo. Welker showed up at Hanna-Barbera with the intention of auditioning for Scooby, and he ran into radio DJ, the famous Casey Kasem, who was auditioning for the character of Fred. They ended up preferring Welker to do the voice of Fred, and Casey they preferred for the character of Shaggy, which Welker had also auditioned for. A guy named Don Messick would end up voicing Scooby-Doo. Messick was also the voice of characters like Boo-Boo Bear, Papa Smurf. He's also Astro on the Jetsons. It was thought that Messick could handle a majority of the voices, but they were really impressed with Welker and wanted him on board as the voice of Fred. They were also impressed how they could throw any voice possibility at him, and he would come up with something on the spot. He also had the amazing ability to recreate animal sounds, and it occurred to him that every cartoon usually featured animals. So this could be a way to get onto new shows and new cartoons, and then maybe provide some of the other voices. So Scooby-Doo Where Are You, of course, was a monster hit and became a staple of after school viewing for years to come scooby-doo was actually a response to the action for children's television which believed there was too much violence in saturday morning cartoons and even regular cartoons going into the late 60s cbs would lose some of their big saturday morning cartoons because of this and needed something to stay in the mix going into 1969. you can argue about you know the potential drug influences of scooby-doo Uh, But that's a whole other show. Either way, when Scooby-Doo came out in 1969, 1970, 65% of viewing audiences were tuned into CBS when it aired. Welker was also um, continuing to impress Joe Barbera of Hanna-Barbera as he was not only talented but funny and was able to improvise a lot. Barbera knew that the ability to ad-lib was pretty val- valuable and could create some great lines, as was done by Alan Reed, who is the voice of Fred Flintstone, who actually ad-libbed the line, Yabba Dabba Do. This gave Welker a relaxed and loose approach to the recording process that allowed for real creativity and would serve him well over the years. Welker would be involved in some other shows going into the late 70s, including Fang Face, Heckle & Jekyll, On the New Adventures of Mighty Mouse, uh, Spike Tyke and Slick Wolf on the Tom and Jerry comedy show so let's look at some of his early TV and movie work so it wasn't all cartoons at this point as Walker was still a talented actor and was continuing to do work in film his first on-camera work was actually with Elvis in a movie called the trouble with girls from 1969 in it he played a college kid from Rutgers University who befriends Elvis he was next in a movie called the computer wore tennis shoes alongside kurt russell also 1969 and the film sequel now you see him now you don't in 1971 he starred alongside the great don Knotts in the movie how to frame a fig which i really want to see now tv wise he appeared in a lot of different series and played various roles including shows like the partridge family American Style, Back Together with Don Knotts and the Don Knotts Show, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, the Merv Griffin Show, the Smother Brothers Show, the Tonight Show, the Roast of George Burns, where he impressed Burns with his impressions of Muhammad Ali, Walter Cronkite, Henry Kissinger, David Frost, and Jimmy Carter. But he was still doing Scooby-Doo, which was also leading to many iterations of the show and then to a spinoff that would lead to another monster hit. Not a ton of people remember Dino Mutt Dog Wonder, but it very obviously was trying to ride the coattails as being another Scooby-Doo-type character based on a dog. This time, however, they made their dog a little more cyborg-ish. He was paired with the Blue Falcon, and the show was based on having a Batman-esque superhero to it. Welker would provide the voice... Uh, of dynama and the concept of a cyborg type creation led to the idea of something else based on this concept inspector gadget inspector gadget was of course a show about a bumbling half man half cyborg cyborg welker would do the ominous voice of the evil dr claw along with dog brian and dr Claw's cat So now we get more into the swing of the 80s cartoons so welker's getting steady work but this was nothing compared to what was about to come as we move further into the 80s thanks to ronald reagan and deregulation there were now no restrictions on what could be advertised and geared towards kids this is why you see this pulp uh, pop culture explosion happen in the 80s with a ton of new cartoons and toys and cereals and movies and at home or direct-to-video movies And because syndication was so valuable for these shows, it meant each series would do a lot more episodes. A usual TV show may do around 13 shows, but for a cartoon to reach syndication, it required 65 episodes. So these cartoons were pumping out the episodes. So without being here for days, here's some notable voices Walker did as we went into the 80s on the Smurfs. He was Hefty Smurf um, and Poet Smurf. He was on Captain Planet and the Planeteers. He was the voice of Scooter and Baby Kermit on the Muppet Babies. He was Grimace in the McDonald's commercials. He was also Scooter, not the Muppet Baby, but this time in Challenge of the Gobots. He was in DuckTales. He did a ton of voices on G.I. Joe, uh, including various members of G.I. Joe and Cobra. On the Super Friends, he was um, Darkseid and Calibac. Uh, He was Slimer on The Real Ghostbusters, and he was the voice of George on Curious George. On the commercial front, he was also the voice of the iconic Smokey the Bear in the Only You Can Prevent Forest Fires commercials. I never knew that one either that was one of the facts of the podcast so of course then a little cartoon comes out in 1984 that rocked our world forever transformers and welker was involved with the show at first but not selected for any specific character he's mentioned that he came into one of the studios and saw a collection of drawings on the table welker notes how it was important for him to see a visual representation of the characters and then the voice would naturally come out of him he of course did the gravelly voice of Megatron, leader of the Decepticons. It sounds like it's a very audio it sounds like it's a very audio enhanced voice, but what you're hearing is 100% Frank Welker with no sound adjustments. They were so busy with all the other technical details of the show that they didn't have time to fine tune Megatron and just let Welker go with it. He was also voice uh, of my favorite character, Soundwave. He was the voice of Galvatron in the Transformers movie, the not the crappy Michael Bay ones, the epic Transformers cartoon movie, where he also voiced Megatron again, also in Transformers. Uh, with speaking of Michael Bay, the Revenge of the Fallen movie, he provided the voices for Soundwave, Devastator, Grinder, Ravage, and Reedman. So here's a selection of other characters voiced over the seasons on Transformers. He was the voice of Chromedome, Frenzy, Mirage, Mixmaster, Ravage, Rumble, Skywarp, Sludge, Sweep, and Tailbreaker. It's interesting to point out that both Welker and Peter Cullen, who is the voice of Optimus Prime, provided voices for two transforming robot shows as they appeared on Transformers and GoBots that were airing around the same time. You might not know this one, uh, but Frank Welker is also so associated with Garfield, and he was a big part of that show. Garfield and Friends was a pretty big hit ratings-wise, and lasted for six years, which is a lot longer than most cartoons usually do. Uh, Garfield and Friends also followed a different format and would have shorter sections and cutaways, including Orson's Farm, where, where Welker provided the voice of Bo Sheep, Booker, Sheldon, and Mort, among many others welker would take over as the voice of garfield in 2007 from lorenzo music that's the guy's real name and then he would appear in garfield related things like garfield gets real garfield's fun fest garfield's pet force the garfield show anything to do with that at the time so here's the thing if you've ever he- heard a weird animal noise in a movie is a good chance it was Frank Welker. Since Welker had this ability to mimic animals since he was a kid, it made him very valuable for movie studios. Instead of having to design a new sound, they could just bring in Welker to create a bizarre animal-type noise for whatever was required. Here are some things that blew my mind. He provided the creature noises in gremlins. Uh, All those various sounds and um, whether it was you know, angry noises or funny things or cute or violent that were all, they were Frank Welker. He was the sound of the deer in Tommy Boy that David Spade and Chris Farley are stuck with in the car. He also created noises for the dog in Cujo. It's pretty crazy to think that Frank Welker was behind the noises in some of these iconic movies and parts. So like, I mean, who knew that the voice of Megatron was creating the vicious dog sounds that were happening in Stephen King's Cujo? So what has Frank Welker been doing since all these like 80s things? Uh, He's actually kept very busy, uh, as busy as he's ever been. And he's still included some very notable performances in the last little while. He was the voice of Nibbler on Futurama, which was a show that was filled with other great voice talent. He's been a part of some pretty big movies, including the original Aladdin, providing the voice of Abu Raja and the Cave of Wonders in that animated classic. You can really hear that Megatron... Uh, voice especially in the cave of wonders uh, in aladdin here's something awesome he was the sound of dumbo in who framed roger rabbit and just as awesome he was in teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the secret of the ooze providing the voices of toka and razar which should have been bebop and rocksteady but oh well okay let's start winding it down here Uh, I mean, we could go on forever with the amazing body of work done by Frank Walker. Um, There are a ton of great voice actors out there, but when it comes to the 80s, Walker may just be front and center. It's amazing to look at the obvious voices and creations he came up with, but just as amazing to see all the other work he contributed to that you probably had no idea about. I think my favorite thing is he provided all those sounds in Gremlins, a movie I've seen so many times but was completely unaware of the fact that he was involved with it. Not only is you know something like gremlins a classic 80 80s movie but it's existing at the same time he's also shaping our childhoods with the voices of Megatron and Soundwave and G.I. Joe and so many other beloved shows with regard to Transformers Peter Cullen gets a majority of the kudos because he's the iconic voice of Optimus Prime but it's really Welker that is the backbone of the entire show his work on Transformers and everything else he did helped to shape a major part of our childhoods if you grew up in the 80s so I'll wrap it up there hopefully you found this show interesting you might not have known any about frank welker you might have known a little bit hopefully this was entertaining to you but thank you for taking the time to listen to this show i know there's a ton of podcasts out there so the fact you're listening to this one means quite a lot again if you haven't already make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcast i should be there and i will be back soon with a brand new episode don't you dare miss it